So I was late, um, but thanks to our wonderful guest, Justin Rowan. Um, is that your name? Yeah, that's your name. <laughs> yeah, my yes, mind, it is. <laughs> my mind is going crazy. When Okay, so I feel like there's a lot of very common J names in the world, and I always get them mixed up. So uh, I was like, is it James? Mm. Is it Justin? But a uh, fellow Canadian here. How's it going? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me. One thing that uh, is throwing me off is, I mean, obviously, like you cover the Cavs and you're from Canada, so the hence your Twitter name. Uh, but like, why is it not Cavs Canada? Why did you like miss the C before Canada? Was it an accident? No, no, not at all. It's Cavs Canada, baby. Just gotta uh, you gotta make it a little bit of a hybrid. And I, I think I put it out to basically like a Twitter poll at the time, and somebody suggested it. I was like, hey, that seems to work, and. Uh, even though I was tempted to change it uh, a little while ago, uh, I, I can't do that now because then I'd lose that precious blue check and, and you, you can't be doing that. Yeah, that's uh, that's my goal in life is to get the blue check. And once I get that, <laughs> I'm going to stop podcasting and writing and uh, I don't know, just stop tweeting in general. Yeah, n- nobody can talk to you at that point. I mean, uh, <laughs> y- you you get additional checks which is great uh twitter just sends you tons of money and uh, my life has been nothing but easy ever since my favorite is those people who clearly are like they're famous writers or radio people or whatever they got like thirty thousand followers and they could just care less to have the check mark to verify and i'm just here like is that like a really loser ambition goal to have like i, I, I don't know i would love <laughs> to get to the point where i'm like i could get this if i wanted but i don't want it well, I, I love to bug uh, my co-host at the Chase Down, Carter, for not having a blue check yet. Uh, it, it is absolutely devastating for him. Uh, I make jokes about how I can, uh, that once you get verified, you can look at your Twitter mentions by verified replies only. Oh, uh, my so gosh. I, I, I miss half the things he says, you know, I'm, I'm just big timing <laughs> him all the time. But can't you apply for it now? Like you can just like submit an application, right? I believe or- so. So could, I, I believe so, and, and his application has been denied so far, which is great. He, he keeps getting denied, and he he'll link uh, the the announcement that the Cavs tweeted out when, when they had uh, purchased the podcast. He'll he'll do all these things, and they are not accepting his application. So the longer that goes, the better. I tried to get the podcast account verified before he got verified, and that got rejected, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but. To, to me, that, that would have been the perfect bit is that if I had two accounts that were verified before, uh, he had even one. So I don't actually, I don't know him and I've never talked to him, but if I get the check before him, then I'll, uh, I'll rub it in your face to rub it in his. Cause I don't feel comfortable going directly to him cause I don't know him <laughs> like that, but, uh, I'll shout you out and then you can get him in. I like it. I, I think we got a good plan going here. So how did how did the two of you even like link up to cover the Cavs? Because obviously you being from Canada, we know that Toronto is kind of or the Raptors are kind of expressed as not just Toronto's team, but Canada's team. So did you just want to be different than the rest or where you're from? Because we know you're not from Toronto is like the Raptors fan base not Mm -hmm. as big and you just choose your team or like how did you become a Cavs fan? I I mean, I think that's the case for a lot of Canada. I mean, the, the we the North. A campaign kind of changed things, I, I think, for this younger generation. But growing up, um, you 
a lot of basketball fans around me, but not a lot of Raptors fans. Like you'll get a lot of Lakers fans. You'd get some Wolves fans even. Like it, it would be a, a pretty big variety. So for me, uh, I, I started off being Cavs fans, just one of those random things. When, when you're young, you, you kind of pick a team and it sticks. Uh, obviously, them having LeBron made a big difference. But after the decision, uh, I started blogging about the Cavs at SB Nation, and uh, Carter was also blogging about them. Uh, at SB Nation, um, we ended up doing some podcasts there, and the original host of the site podcast uh, kind of handed that over to me. And I would just do a rotating podcast at, at Fear the Sword with different writers and different bloggers and the people that we had on staff. And I found that I, I had the best chemistry with him. Uh, that that was something that I kind of took note of as I was doing that. And uh, I believe it was like a year or two later after not really podcasting where we got approached or I got approached uh, to start a podcast for a network. And I was thinking, OK, well, who did I have the best chemistry with? And I reached out to him. No, I agree with you. The We the North campaign. And then also, I think just the fact that over the past, what has it been like nine years that the Raptors have actually been good? You know, obviously mm -hmm. with the exception of last year, but for the most part, you know, they had how many playoffs appearances, playoff appearances it was in a row, then the championship. And now they're back within that kind of playoff play in setting. So there's probably that factor too is no one cared to cheer for them when their leader in win shares was Jose Calderon and they were drafting Rafael Arugio. <laughs> like I just, there was no draw to anyone, like for them, anyone outside no, of Toronto. No. Um, no, they, but, they they were doing a lot of damage to themselves, that's for sure. And then obviously the Cavs, uh, well, you said you started after the decision, so that was kind of a downer. And then they went back up when LeBron came back, and then they went down. And now, um, I don't know about you, I was kind of surprised by this season. I didn't expect them to be bad. I thought they would be right in the play-in kind of mix, but I don't want to say they've cemented themselves as a playoff team and not a play-in, but they're still like, what are they, fifth right now, fourth in the East? Like. Yeah, they, they just slipped to fifth. Um, right now, it, it's a little bit of a dicey situation with Darius Garland out with his back issues. Karis LeVert uh, is out. Uh, Rondo's now out for two weeks. So once again, they, they have no guards. Uh, the fact that they've been as good as they've been, despite all the injuries, is remarkable. Like losing Colin Sexton after 11 games, losing Ricky Rubio, Garland's missed time. Uh, Markkinen's missed time. Uh, ba basically, everyone but Kevin Love has missed time. Mobley and Allen have missed some time. Like, it, it really is impressive that they've been as good as they've been. Uh, I did think that they, they were going to be a play-in team. I think I predicted the uh, 37 wins coming into this year, so I was higher than consensus. But everybody was wrong about this team. Jared Allen was wrong about this team. He he said coming in that, hey, maybe in like, you know, three, four years, uh, we, we could be a five seed. They're already one now, and um maybe injuries might kind of change that and, and they'll be fighting to stay out of the play-in uh but I, I think you you know having seen what they have put forward uh when they've been healthy they're probably going to end up being a better team than the record and foundation moving forward and something that hopefully will be sustainable yeah, so speaking of Jared Allen, I know that Cavs fans and Raptors fans had a bit of beef with uh, the, uh, what's it called, the All-Star Reserve yep. uh, replacement. But I feel like one thing we can both agree on, actually, it's a really hard argument now because ever since that moment, Pascal's just, but at that mm -hmm. moment, I think the one thing Raptors fans and Cavs fans could agree on is that both guys should have made it over Chris Middleton. Uh, oh, in yeah. fact, yep. I think Drew Holiday should have made it over Chris Middleton. 
Um, of course, Drew Holiday should have made it over Chris Middleton and, and uh, deserved it over LaMelo Ball, too. Uh, you look at when they made the decision to put LaMelo in, the Hornets were outscored with Ball on the floor. They were better with him on the bench than on the court. And, like, LaMelo Ball is fantastic. Like, I, I think he's a really good player. He definitely deserved all-star consideration. But when you look in comparison to some of these other guys that are winning more and, and actually, you know, really driving success for their teams, uh, Jared Allen definitely deserved it over Middleton. He deserved it over Ball. And Siakam, it, it was a tricky thing because when the reserves were initially announced, I don't think he was playing so well that he had to be in. Uh, but then he went on that run where he was just playing the best basketball of his career. Yeah. And uh, I, I figured that he'd have a really good shot to be an injury replacement. So it's unfortunate that that's the uh, the way that Adam Silver went. But uh, at least we got to see Chris Middleton go one for eight in the All-Star game. That was a lot of fun. But that's the thing, too, is like I feel like in previous years, Chris Middleton has kind of been underrated. And I've always thought he was overlooked and he wasn't getting the credit he needs. And now this year, he's kind of a guy who I guess the NBA or coaches, whoever votes on reserves, decided, no, he's kind of a staple when this is the one year where he probably didn't deserve it. He's and coasting. <laughs> he's coasting. He, he won a championship. He played in the Olympics. He's very clearly coasting. Drew Holiday 100% deserved it over him. And like it's very clear that he is just kind of saving himself for the postseason. Milwaukee is a team that has higher ambitions than the regular season. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you're looking at all-star consideration, it seemed ridiculous to me that, that Middleton got in. But, you know, it's... At the end of the day, it's not that serious. I, I saw someone arguing on Twitter that it was going to impact Pascal Siakam's Hall of Fame chances. And l let me tell you, if you are banking on an in a second injury replacement all-star appearance uh, as part of your Hall of Fame case, you're not a hall of famer it's okay he's a really really good player but let's let's gear down just a little bit here yeah i've never been on that train i also maybe i don't know if this is an unpopular opinion because i've never put it out into the world but i like semi believe that if you're an all-star replacement i don't know if that should fully count as like an all-star make on your record because what what were you you're like the 15th all-star you really didn't make the team yeah i i, I mean D'Angelo Russell was a great example of that uh, a couple of years ago. I think he was like the third injury replacement or something along those lines. Um, I don't know if that's an insanely unpopular opinion. I, I would say that it's probably overdue and long past due for Adam Silver to expand the all-star team so that there's more than just 12. Um, I, I think there were definitely deserving candidates, but you know, in, in these injury or injury riddled years uh you also get some shaky results like i don't think andrew wiggins makes uh the, the all-star team if the west wasn't so banged up right like uh that you will get that no matter what so uh, i do think the one thing though is they need to remove any contract incentives that are tied to all-star appearances i think all nba it is much much more important when it comes to that sort of thing but uh all, all star appearances at the end of the day it should not be uh impacting these guys financial well-being not that they're not well off uh to begin with everybody gets paid in the nba but uh yeah i do think that when it comes to fan voting and all the things that go into all star uh being factored in uh to contract negotiations that's uh it it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah, well, I, I agree with you. And then another reason why is because all-star or making an all-star team basically just reflects your first half of the season. And, you know, it's not, you look back at someone and say, wow, they had an all-star season. Well, 
maybe they did, or maybe they just had a half an all-star season. Like we even look at the MLB with uh, Robbie Ray. He didn't make the all-star team last year, but he ended up winning Cy Young because his second half of the year was so good. So you're looking back at a year where he won the award for the best pitcher in the AL, but he couldn't even make the all-star team. <laughs> well, I, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I, I do agree. Like it, it's not telling the, the story of the season. And I think that's why all NBA matters so much more. Yeah, that's my baseball rant because I'm sad that it's going to start late because I am a baseball fan and they're in lockout and it, I don't know. I don't, I, I obviously, I don't follow it close enough and I'm not in the meetings to know how much progress they've made, but based off all reports, it doesn't seem like any, but uh, at least we got basketball. So I do want to get back doesn't to seem like much, well, a lot of 10, 15 minute appearances. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and then there was one meeting that was like four hours, I think, but I haven't heard anything since then. And I, I kind of guess that a long meeting would right. need good progress, but I don't know if it really did. Um, so I want to ask you back to you and your uh, your podcast growth as a Cavs podcaster. Um, did you like always want to do this? Because you said you just started blogging. Was that just like oh, I'll do this as a hobby? Or were you like I kind of want to you know get into sports media, get into NBA media? Because there's a lot of people now who start podcasts and start blogging with the intent of like becoming the next Zach Lowe or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think I just want to talk calves, uh, especially when I started blogging, like maybe, maybe early on, I was like, Hey, maybe I, I can make some money on this and, and, and that sort of thing. But no, I, I don't have career aspirations in this space. Like I, to me, I, I like keeping it as a hobby. And let's be honest, living in Winnipeg, there's not a lot of people that are dying to talk calves basketball. So this is my outlet to rant about one of my passions. And uh, that's worked out pretty well for me to, to be able to twice a week, you know, jump on, talk some calves, uh, kind of have that as a jumping off point for other people to discuss the team with me and uh, get to talk to people within the industry. I, I, it's been a uh, it's been a really fulfilling hobby, uh, but no, th- this isn't something that and, and especially with just how volatile the industry can be. Uh, this, this isn't something that I've ever looked to kind of make my my primary profession or, or career. Yeah. And I mean, you just basically walked me right into my next question of mentioning how you're from Winnipeg. And if you look at the big four sports, less so hockey, but even still, it's primarily USA based. And the NHL, even though there's like seven, six Canadian teams and a lot of the players are Canadian, it still is heavily based in the States. So do you think it's like harder to make it in this realm being from Canada or it's like it's not a factor now because we have the Internet and we have social media and all the all these options that are available whether you live in a town of five people in alberta or whether you live in los angeles i I think to some extent it is more difficult because you're not networking and and making those relationships and and that's such an important thing in this industry is getting to know people and um you know like earning their trust and uh you having the connection to have someone on your podcast or uh having access to players or executives um i I definitely think it's a little more tricky but at the end of the day i do think that the internet has opened up a lot of opportunities i think uh funny enough the the pandemic has probably accelerated that growth and made it more possible for people to join in virtually uh press conferences now have people dialing in with zoom all the time and i think that opens some doors where you wouldn't be able to have those post-game press conference opportunities uh if this was even three years ago so i i do think that doors have been open but uh, i definitely think some distance um makes things more difficult right now and i i agree with you i think 
obviously there's those in-person networking, but now I, I don't know. Like I follow a lot of Gary V because my full-time job is as a marketing guy. So I get a lot of stuff from him and just the stuff what you can do on like LinkedIn mm-hmm. or Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, like it has become so much more accessible to everyone, which I think is good because then you truly find out who is the best talent, who's the hardest worker, not just, you know, who happens to live in New York right beside Sirius XM or whatever you want to say. Um, but I guess with yeah. that ability of everyone to start a podcast, everyone has started a podcast and there's like a million and a half out there. So how do you like, how do you think that someone who's starting a pod, how, what do they have to do to like stand out? And, you know, because even starting an NBA podcast, there's a thousand NBA podcasts and really people listen to what probably like the majority of people listen to like five to 10 of them. Like there's not many that are popular. So how do you like stand out? Is it just networking? Is it using social media? I, I just, I feel like that's a hard one to kind of, to, you know, I, I think how you stand out is by putting the content first. Um, when we started the podcast, we basically made the decision in our minds that, hey, we are going to be shouting into the void for maybe one or two years here. Like, let's just focus on making the best podcast we can. Let's take some hacks. Let's try some things. And really, the, the focus became about that, right? Um, we, we didn't care about the audience. It wasn't about, all right, let's try some gimmicks. Let's try some, uh, like, shocking hot takes and that sort of thing to, to get a, a reaction and a buzz going. It was, let's just really be content first. And that that was our main focus. And um, I I think what you got to do if you are starting a podcast is find a passion, uh, find what you find interesting and kind of amplify that. Like to me, when I'm podcasting, I'm myself. I'm just a dialed up version of myself. I I find yourself on like uh, what what is it? I I can't remember, but I'll uh, you always see these videos of like the Northwestern like strength coach just like hidden guys in the helmet with his own head and they are, <laughs> i'm really bad it was yep. like you see yourself on crack basically yeah exactly and which i don't know crack, what that's it, like it, luckily crack is a big part of my lifestyle and personality so that that's not a very difficult thing for me to do but you know you, you if you're talking about what you genuinely find interesting and you're being authentic Tick, I think that comes through to the audience. And for me, it was about finding structure in a podcast without it sounding like structure, like keeping everything free flowing, keeping it conversational, um, sticking to what we find interesting. And uh, as you go and you get the reps in, you find out what the audience responds to, what what works well for you, um, what kind of bits between you and your co-host uh, get a good reaction out of him. So you go back to that well in the future and you build off of those little success successes you have. And I think when you focus on the content and uh, you focus on making as good of a product as you can, I I think it's really, really beneficial. And uh, uh, eventually, once the audience starts to pick up on your podcast, and maybe you get a good guest on and 5% of the new audience that listens to it becomes frequent listeners. um, I, I think when you do that content first approach, uh, it makes the the podcast more ready to accept an audience when that audience eventually finds the podcast. So I, I agree with you. And I think it's possible, very difficult, but possible to kind of infiltrate the podcast and the media scene. But one thing I want to ask you, which is solely opinion based, do you think there's anybody that is going to be able to, I guess, infiltrate is the only word I can come up with 
the like insider and breaking news scene because we even look at a guy like Shams who is amazing at his job and I think he could beat Woj to every punch for the next like three years but Woj would still be number one with like four million more followers so do you think there's anybody at any time getting into that scene unless Woj like retires no no I I I don't think so um I mean you look at those industries and like uh, the my understanding of how this works is you'll have people at ESPN that when they get information and they get source material, they will first verify it themselves. And when that information is ready to go, it gets passed along to Schefter. It gets passed along to Woj, right? Like it is an entire team uh, put, putting together the information that ends up going to those newsbreakers, right? Like it's not just them on their own. It's an entire industry. And personally, I, I don't see the benefit of it because it is such a tough spot to get in. And like, I'll hear our stuff. I don't tweet it out. I don't try to break news because you can have a deal that is basically done fall apart at the last minute and then you just right. look like an idiot. Um, there are so many channels that go to certain reporters for certain news from certain organizations. Like it, it to me, it, it's like it, it's, it's almost like a, a method that people go to 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 get attention to. Hey, look at me like I'm, I'm an insider and all all right. this where i just don't think that that's a very interesting lane like what's the best case scenario you broke news 30 seconds before someone else did like there's not a lot of upside to that and there's no like real residual value we don't learn anything about your personality and it's just such an ugly ugly business that to, to me it's not something that i've ever really found appealing i mean i think it also sucks and the number one reason i wouldn't want to get into it is because especially down trade deadline time and i guess off season I don't think those guys sleep like I Oh, they know they're they're they're, they're, they're hooked to their phone for hours. That's insane. Like I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, uh, I I am in no way a night hawk at all. Like I just this guy like being able to tweet like that at 2 a.m. Then 2 p.m. Like, I just like do you legitimately think you get zero hours of sleep? Um, I, I would guess like maybe four, like maybe like half hour stints of sleep. I, I don't know, man. It's like it's it's like it's a complete commitment to that being your your lifestyle oh if you're gosh. on that level which uh you know like more power to him it, it's just not something that i find uh appealing well it, he gets paid a lot for it so that helps yeah um, no but... yeah there's there's trade-offs to that for sure um okay i want to ask you one last question about the calves before we head out thank you so much for your time uh, we obviously talked about their success and their young teams. Still, you look at guys like Garland and Allen and Okoro and Kevin Love. They're all super young. Um, Kevin Love part was a little bit of a joke. Uh, but do you want, if you had the choice, you you solely, if you had the choice, do you want LeBron back? I guess the question would be, how does back occur? Do I want to give up a bunch of assets to trade for him this offseason? No, um, I, I I wouldn't do that. I, I think um, I, I just value it, what experience means in the NBA. And this Cavs team is not a LeBron away from winning a championship. Um, like th this is something that looks like it could be sustainable. They have a good young core. They have all their future picks and losing the ability to trade future picks down the road to make a consolidating type move to to supplement this core to you know uh if something goes wrong to course correct and get back to being competitive like i i wouldn't want to give up that flexibility to get lebron if after next season he's willing to come to cleveland on like the mid-level exception and just be 
part of the team, uh, that that's a different conversation. And I would certainly be open to that. Um, but I just don't think that there's a realistic path to it. I, I think his comments over the weekend were very calculated and, and a smart PR oh, yeah. move because one, it put a lot of pressure on the Lakers and this is the, the king of leverage moves. And two, it guaranteed that he was going to get a very loud ovation in Cleveland. And I, I think a mixed response would be a tough, tough look for him uh, if the crowd wasn't just unanimously uh, cheering him. So I, I think that it was a, a real savvy play from him, but I don't think there's a lot of desire for him to, to come back to Cleveland. I, I, I think people need to get a little bit more creative when you're talking about the Cavs and, and what they can do moving forward, because outside of the, the core of Garland, Mobley and Allen, like they have a lot of guys and, and picks that they can trade. Like when you look at Sexton, O'Coro, Lowry, Levert, uh, Jetty Osman, all their future picks, if a disgruntled young star hits in the market, they're going to have a good chance to to make a, like a competitive offer for them. If Dejounte Murray hits the market, if Jalen Brown became available, Brandon Ingram, like any of these guys, uh, I think that would be the, the direction they'd rather go uh, versus putting all their chips in the middle of the table for a 38 year old star uh, that whose body is breaking down a little bit, is having trouble staying healthy, and probably won't and get them all the way to a championship. I think uh, I think they're taking a more measured approach this time around. Yeah, no, you're right. LeBron is always 100% calculated, and I'm pretty sure he just assured his son to get drafted like five spots higher than he would. Oh, 100%. Have. Which is which oh, is maybe maybe drafted. No, forget five spots. I mean, he it's possible he he wouldn't be drafted if he came out after one year of college and uh, I I do think now any team with a second round pick, like you can guarantee that you're getting Bronny and LeBron. You get a year of Jersey sales. You're, you're going to get national TV games. Like I, I think it's a, it's a savvy move. And uh, if I had to make a guess on what franchise is going to make that decision, I have to say bing bong. Well, especially if LeBron is still at like a high all-star MVP level, he could le- like Bronny could legit get drafted like 20 spots ahead of what he should have which i'm not gonna say where he should get drafted now because what he's still only like grade 10 or 11 so he still has time but like if he's projected to go 30th he could legitimately go like 16 if that's a team that's like we get lebron we win the championship and we'll just sacrifice this traffic yeah or or not even that just hey we we can get a lot of jersey sales we're we're the new orleans pelicans we're the orlando magic like right. uh we, we just want to have lebron in our jersey at some point like i, I think there's a there's going to be a lot of teams that can find that appealing even if he isn't uh, a top five player anymore i mean yeah no offense to either of these teams or any of these teams but could you imagine like lebron in like a charlotte or minnesota or like Detroit Jersey. It's just uh, Detroit, maybe a little more reasonable <laughs> just because they've at least had a history of like being solid a couple of times, but like, I don't know, just going and playing for the Hornets or something. I don't, <laughs> I just couldn't, imagine, especially with MJ as the owner. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Uh, it would be yeah. an amazing story. Anyways, I'm excited for uh, the rest of the season. Uh, both of our teams, the Raptors and the Cavs are pretty tight in the standings. Um, It'll be interesting to see who ends up getting that second play-in because I feel like the Nets are kind of set on getting a play-in spot, especially with KD being out likely the majority, if not all the regular season. And Ben Simmons probably not coming back till he comes back. And then who knows what's happening with Kyrie? I mean, they could remove mass mandates and then he could just 
say that he only wants to play with two left shoes. So um, <laughs> I think Brooklyn's assured that one playing spot. Then the next one is probably between, uh, I guess, Toronto, Boston, Cleveland. And, and I guess I'll throw Philly in there, even though they looked amazing last night. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. What do, what are you thinking going forward? Just like some some quick predictions on the plane and the playoff standings. Oh, um, I, I definitely think uh, if Katie's close to coming back, I, I think that changes the calculus a little bit for definitely, Brooklyn, although they, they have a, a lot of ground to, to make up and a pretty tough schedule. Uh, that That's one of the unfortunate things about being a, a good team is you get a very backloaded schedule because after football season is done, they want to have national TV games. So uh, Philly's got a very tough schedule. Brooklyn's got a very tough schedule. Milwaukee's got a tough schedule. Uh, so that's going to factor in uh, Toronto losing OG, depending how long he's out, that can make a big impact. I mean, uh, even though Fred and Siakam are probably their best players, I think OG is right up there in terms of impact because he, he's the best perimeter defender that they have. Um, and is capable of getting his own shot. So um, then when you look at Cleveland, I think the biggest thing is health. Like if Garland's back causes him to miss like a third of the games down the stretch, that's going to make things very difficult for them. Uh, they, they have three games left against Philly. They got two games left against Toronto. They got two games left against Chicago. Like a lot of these games are going to come down to, and, and the seeding's going to come down to those head-to-head matchups. So I do think it's going to make for an incredibly competitive month and a half here in the Eastern Conference. Uh, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. It's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be uh, it's going to be really really entertaining basketball. So I, I'm just excited to take it all in. And pass or fail for the Cavs, like wh- whether they avoid the play-in or if they fall into it, I think this is a really, really good experience because this is going to be pretty damn near uh, to playoff basketball for them. And, and for a young team, those reps are really, really valuable. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, make sure you guys go follow him on Twitter at Cavs Canada, not Cavs Canada. Also, go... Uh, <laughs> Go listen to the Chase Down Pod. It was named after the fact that LeBron's chasing down Michael Jordan for the number one spot all time, right? I think that's it. Um, uh, we, we weren't uh, naming it about a past tense event, but you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, it's you know, so many basketball podcasts, it's like the crossover, the the pull up, like all, all these, the, the dunker spot, where the hezzy, the, hey, the fact shake. that the chase down. Yeah, the, the fact that the chase down wasn't taken and we were looking to name a Cavs podcast was pretty perfect for us. So I was, I was appreciative of that. It is. And a great logo you guys have. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, struggling through my crappy internet and all. I will uh, I will get this fixed by the next <laughs> time you come on because I've just declared that you're coming on again when we talk about the Cavs in the conference finals. M- more than happy to come on again, man. I appreciate your time. Awesome, man. I appreciate you.